right, here we go. And three, two. all you mutant goons from beyond we're back with an all-new episode and that's right we're back in february the shortest time of the month and i'm here with my esteemed colleague co-host and cohort aid say hey to the mutant goons from beyond aid hello mutant goons from beyond happy february this is our patreon picks month yay oh yeah so see if you you know join our patreon and give us monetary gains we will serve your every whim we are all listening so, so creep show is one of the ones that's on this list here, and uh, you know, surprisingly, I thought I thought Jake or them would have picked creep show, but we've never done creep show at all. Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't check, so I'm really hoping <laughs> that we've never done creep show. This was Kevin's pick, by the way, and he had he had a few good ones that were that I would love to have done, but the other ones that he had picked, I think we had already done. And um, for those of you who don't know, I always talk about Kevin, but I just love Kevin. He posts the coolest shit on Instagram. Um, he's a lot of fun, and he's always been such a loyal Patreon member. So, Kevin, this one's for you. Yeah, there you go, Kevin. You picked a good one, too, because I couldn't think of a movie that you know I didn't have to do much research on because I watched this movie ass backwards, upside down, front, side. I watch. In fact, a uh, funny thing is, have you, you've seen Creepshow before, Aid, right? Before, before this. I, you know, I seen it and it was funny because I was talking to someone earlier today and I was like, you know, cause I'd rewatched it yesterday for the episode and I was like, I don't remember any of this. So I think what I, I know that I've seen, and I know I've seen it because I remember specifically what I remember the most from this one is the segment with Stephen King and the, and the bushes and the, whatever is coming out of the meteor. Yeah. Meteor shit. Yeah. Meteor shit. And I remember that specifically, but then like, I think I was kind of getting it like mixed up with Creepshow 2 and Tales from the Dark Side. Cause I'm like, but, but my, my favorite part isn't coming on what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so. well, well, that tends to happen because Tales from the Dark Side, you know, George Romero also, um, you know, did that one too. And that was supposed to be Creepshow 3. But for, for those of you longtime listeners, you all know that Creepshow 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw that movie when I was too young, and it traumatized me. I'm still afraid of lake water because of that. But, but we're not talking about Creepshow 2. We're talking about Creepshow Uno. So, yeah, this movie, of all things, again, another one. This is not one I rented from the library. This is one I rented – or actually, my grandma – she recorded this off of, uh, you know, for you, for you, Joe Bob Briggs people. She recorded this off TNT Monster Vision. Hmm. So I saw this. That's the first time I saw it with Joe Bob hosting it, and she recorded it on tape because I didn't have cable at the time. She did, and yeah, I remember like I was never scared of this movie, and I saw this. Well, I saw Creepshow two first, and then I saw this years later, and I loved it. In fact, if you ask me, I think Creepshow still is like the cream of the crop. I think it's one of the best horror anthologies of all time still. With all the stuff here. And, you know, it's George Romero and Stephen King together. Five stories. I feel like this movie is a good... It is violent and gory, but I feel like this is a good intro for, like, younger audiences to come see it to get a taste of what horror is, you know? Yeah, it's it's gateway horror because it's a little comedic. It's not too... It is it is violent, but I wouldn't say that it's, it's almost comically violent at times. And I guess we'll get into it when we talk about the segments, but let's see Creepshow 2, I feel like is more, 
accessible to a younger audience. Like I feel like Creep Show Part One. Like your grandma probably would have liked this one. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing though. I, I've discussed this a few times. I think Creep Show Two is more for adults, even though there's the whole wraparound is like an animated segment. I think that's what fucked me up as a kid. Because when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this is a cartoon mm. through the mid segments. And then seeing like, you know, the hitchhiker get fucked up, his face gets bashed in with the car, people getting <laughs> shot up with arrows, scalping, people's skin melting off by the blob in the water, people like having unconsensual sex on a raft. You know, what I mean? like there's, <laughs> yeah, it was unco- that guy's bad. He deserved to die. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Creepshow 2 fucked me up more, but I think I had enjoyed Creepshow as a kid more like because it was a fun movie whereas creep show 2 was uh traumatizing i'll be honest creep show 2 traumatized me and i could see where you're they're totally different i mean i feel like creep show 2 it kind of starts off a little comedic in the beginning because it's in the like midwest or whatever you know starts off in like the desert mm-hmm. the cigar indian yeah like arizona in fact i went to all those um, locations where they filmed that they still look the same Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like those desolate areas are so perfect for a horror film, I feel like, because they are just so like, well, I guess for lack of a better word, I'll say it again. They are very desolate. There's nothing going on out there. It's terrifying knowing that you're out in the middle of nowhere alone all of the time. Like I live in the city. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I could manage living in the middle of bumfuck nowhere and there's like one saloon and you have to drive a while to get to it like what is that so i think that's such a great setting for the part two but for this one you know what and, it, and it's funny that you say that because i i was never really scared of creep show because of the cartoons and and the cart you know whatever mm-hmm. and and the ghoul and stuff is not very scary he looks like when you go to uh a cheap Halloween store like Party City and they got the plastic thing hanging up, you know? Like, yeah, and he kind of moves like... around. Yeah, he looks just like the, the skeleton on the cover here. He doesn't talk, though, but I, I think that's what it was. I think the dad was a scarier than the... In fact, you know, the dad was... Tom Atkins. Yeah. I, I didn't recognize it for the longest time without the mustache. I'm like, this guy's oh. a dick. Wait, I'm like, wait a minute. No, that's Tom Atkins. He's cool. Total dick in this movie. Like, I just... It's amazing. Like, the names that they have, all of these famous people in this movie and... Tom Atkins is probably one of the scariest characters and he's not even in it very long. And it was between that. And then of course the segment, something to tide you over with Leslie mm-hmm. Nielsen and Ted Danson. It was bothering me so badly when he put him in the hole and everything. I couldn't take it. Then you're watching the wife on the, on the TV uh-huh. and you see the tide coming in. That was bothering me so badly. And I don't remember as a kid ever being really scared of that one. Cause I, I don't think I understood what was happening. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh my God. Like, Yeah, it was like this weird love triangle. Yeah, Have you ever tried that as a kid when you go to like the beach and they're like, let's bury you from the neck down. Have you, have you ever tried that at the beach? Yeah, but you're always like laying down, right? And then they put the sand over you while mm-hmm. you're laying down and then you can just get back up again. But like he dug a straight hole, a hole straight down and just stuck him in there. And I just, oh my God, what a horrible way to die. I don't know how you wanted to do this with this one. Did you want to go over like the statistics and then we could just go through each of the segments one by yeah, one? Yeah, we could do the statistics here. Okay. Creep Show kind of came out in 1982 and it was a box office hit. Like I'm surprised the sequel didn't come out earlier than that. It's an homage to uh, the 1950s Tales from the Crypt comic books. So, you know, if you like those, well, you know, Stephen King and George Romero, they're boomers. So they, they grew up with that. <laughs> but yeah, so this was definitely something that, you know, like I said, one of the top tier anthologies of the time. 
But yeah, so you got uh, Adriana Barbeau, Fritz Weaver, who I always thought Fritz Weaver was the doctor from, uh, uh, what is it? Reanimator? Reanimator. I always thought yeah, it. That's not him. I thought that was him. Oh, no, it's someone else. See? See, I thought the same thing. So I'm like, man, don't hire this guy for any university work because he's always fucking things up. Yeah, you got Hal Holbrook, which Hal Holbrook's son was in Creepshow too. So funny enough, there it is. And then Ed Harris too, before he almost drowned in the abyss. You know, he got his head crushed under a tombstone in this movie. Yeah, great dance moves as well. Love that, love that. Well, yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> you've married a great hog. <laughs> you've married a great hog. Oh, the rich <laughs> uh but yeah no this movie's got a real a lot of big stars in it from like the uh from like the 50s and stuff too so you know they they uh they really knew what they were doing here and the five stories here now, now when i like i'm gonna keep com- putting comparison to creep show too because i prefer three stories and, and you said you remembered lonesome death of jordy Verrill. that's the one with stephen king and that was my least favorite one actually believe it or not but yeah. basically yeah the the statistics here you know you got you got you got stephen king in the movie too the movie runs about two hours and with the five stories here, I, none of them overstay their welcome. I think I love the crate, but it's 40 fucking minutes. Let's just get into them then, right? Why not? I was going to say, yeah, because it, it's so destroying. And it, for those of people out there who have never seen Creepshow, it, I think it's a horror essential. I think you should sit your ass down, fan your nuts and wax your carrot because Creepshow is, you know, the number one on there. And it oh. uh, looks like we got to. All right. So here's a uh, Jordy Verrill himself, Mikey, <laughs> just joined us now on the show. Say hey, Mikey, to the mutant goons. Hi, mutant goons for beyond. Sorry I'm late. I didn't want to come. Oh. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. I'm here. I had a very shitty past hour, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going on the podcast. Oh, well, good. Okay. So, Jordy Barrel just... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, Jordy Rhodes. So, so, yeah. All right, Mikey. Well, yeah, we were just getting into the meat and potatoes. Actually, the statistics. So, yeah, we were going into the, you know, creep show and creep show dos here. But for those of you who don't know, Creepshow is kind of hard to find on streaming. You got to pay for it or... Yeah, I paid for it. You paid for it? Yeah. Get the Blu-ray. Support this movie on Blu-ray because I feel like... Uh, well, I mean, honestly, like like for the longest time, I was like one of those people that's like, oh, Creepshow's the greatest, Creepshow's the greatest. Now they have three seasons of a TV show that mm-hmm. Greg Nicotero directs. Yes. The first two are amazing. The last one's shit. But also, lucky for me, the most mm-hmm. recent one... Oh, it's oh. terrible. The first two are so good. And the third one, how do you say shits the bed? Um, But luckily, I was reorganizing my library yesterday, and I realized that I have Creep Show on DVD. So not on Blu-ray, but I have the DVD version. So now I was just saying, I think Creep Show is one of the best anthology movies. You know, Creep Show 2 for me, that's that's my personal favorite one. But then next, I think Tales from the Hood. That's another one that I love. Yeah, Tales from the Hood is good. Tales from the Hood, definitely on the best list. My preference is Tales from the Dark Side, honestly. And my favorite segment being the one where he's married to that demon thing. And oh, is Christian that the one where the will start fucking? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Christian Slater is so cute in that movie. So I'm like, oh. First of all, I love your sweater. Second of all, I think Creep Show is so good because it not only is just a great anthology but it's almost like a time capsule i don't know if some people would think the hyper colors and the freeze frames and the daria argento type coloring that happens throughout creep show would be cheesy but i actually think it works because it reminds me of stuff that scares you as a kid as an adult those effects were kind of like oh haha but as a kid it's like ah 
And you have Stephen King behind it. You have George A. Romero behind it. You have a really hot Ed Harris in it. Is that his name? Yeah. Ed Harris. Well, he's better without Ed hair. Harris. He should have just started shaving his head then, unfortunately. He didn't, and he got his head crushed, so. I mean, well, I wouldn't knock it out Ed then, but. <laughs> no, he's but there's really so many out. celebrities involved <laughs> that I'm like, how did, like, was Leslie Nielsen big uh, during this time? Like, yeah, Leslie he, Nielsen's not a horror actor. He was, but he wasn't fun. He wasn't like doing his typical naked gun style stuff at the time. Yeah, he's Which usually makes it he was way better. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was such a creep in this movie. He bothered me like, and I was telling Doug before you got here that that segment bothers me the most. It just bothers me. Yeah, and, it's sinister. And I just, it's so like mean spirited and because when i see leslie nielsen i think of like isn't he mr magoo too or mm-hmm. whatever he plays and then he's also in the golden girls he marries dorothy in the last two episodes and so like i hate seeing him in this role it makes me sad he really is like america's dad like they used to say that about bill cosby but fuck bill cosby um <laughs> leslie nielsen is america's dad yeah so that now another thing too like before we get it like we're, we're going through the statistics and stuff like Another thing that really stuck with me, and I still will stand near it to this day, but I think this has like the best horror like score soundtrack for like any horror movie. And, and it and Mikey even said too, as a kid, you know the 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 backgrounds when they change when someone sees something terrifying, you get the stripes or you know something yeah. like that. And as a kid, I think that's appealing because it it was made in eighty two, but it feels yeah. very nineteen fifties comic bookish. Which, which yeah. I think is a cool, because it's it's like the EC comics, the Tales from the Crypt ones. Do they use the theremin in the score? I can't remember. The theremin is that thing that's like... I don't think, I, I don't recall any of that, but John Harrison did the, the score, and it's the same guy who did the score for Day of the Dead, which, you know, I think Day of the Dead has a great soundtrack too. So it's very like piano and synth, yeah. For sure, for sure. And if you look at that year uh, for 82, we had Cat People, we had Halloween 3. Which, with Tom Atkins, so this was Tom Atkins oh, here. Yeah. yeah, with a mustache. Like I said, like I now, Mikey, did you know that was Tom Atkins without a mustache playing the 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 fucking bully dad? I didn't know that yeah, for the longest time. Oh, he looks just like Tom Atkins. <laughs> I just I don't like seeing him like that. Like I like him. I like fun Tom Atkins and like cool Tom Atkins. I don't like him like beating his beating Joe Hill. <laughs> Stephen King is that Joe Hill it's Joe Hill yeah which I thought that was hilarious that's funny I'm, I'm like and he both him he and Stephen King are making this like face with their eyes the whole time and both segments did you notice that because like you know I never pay attention to any of this don't judge me but I kind of think Stephen King is kind of cute in this movie we're well, gonna get to that we're gonna get to each segment and then I if you like abusing thing, uncles, like that's what he looks like. Like only thing he abused is this pussy. Is all I'm saying. Oh you know what I'm my talking god! About? Oh. Well, we haven't even gotten to him growing his weeds out. You know what I mean? So, well, we'll get to that in a second. And really quick, I just want to go over the time. So it was 120 minutes, mm-hmm. which isn't too bad. I found my well. We'll talk about some of the ones that are parts that drags in a minute. But the competition. I don't know, for 82, we had Cat People, Halloween 3, Basket Case, yeah. Friday the 13th, Part 3, we had Amityville Possession, The Slumber Party Massacre, The Thing came out, The House of, on Sorority Row, which I want to do one of these days because I love that movie and, and I know none of you have seen it. 
Oh, I've seen it. You've seen it? Okay. It's actually really good. Like, yeah, it's, it's got a creepy clown in it at the end. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And all the women are really like pretty badass. Poltergeist. And then I guess that's about it. So it, it was a good year for horror. I would probably say that Creepshow is probably in the top there. Because you, I mean, to have Steve, both Stephen King and George A. Romero at the helm of this, Stephen King grading it, Romero directing it, like, what better time could you have? Oh, exactly. And they both, it was like an homage with, that they both loved. You know what I mean? So it's like two guys, you know, who are like the top of their game of making something that they're a fan of. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of. I know. And, you know, and having Tom Savini involved, obviously, was was great, too. And that he even gets a part in the movie I love. And because I was just actually reading something about, or watching, because we, didn't we find Tom Savini's book in Amoebas? Was that his book that we found? I think it was. It was like $80 or something. Like, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so we put it right back. It's like, well, it was good to look at. <laughs> was yeah. it signed or something? No, I don't yeah. know. But we all like huddled around it and looked at it for a little bit. And then we put it back. It was like a big ass <laughs> book. It was like the Necronomicon. I'm like, fuck, this didn't kill someone. <laughs> I know. And it was heavy and it was hardcover. Yeah. So plus I had all these pictures. But I, I was watching something because I followed him on Instagram. And he was saying that, you know, while he loves to do effects, he loves acting. And so one of the reasons that he loves working with Rodriguez, you know, Robert Rodriguez and, you know, and whatever is that he gets to actually act in his films and he got to act in this film, which I thought was a cute role for him because he's pretty hot. I think Tom Savini does it for me, not Stephen King. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um, we got to hear your reasoning on, on why you Tom think Stephen Savini King's looks- hot in here. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, ugh. But what does Tom Savini look like? I'm sorry. I know he's he's not up to Mikey's standards. He looks like my Theo. That's why I can't look at him like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess he does. Oh well, Tom God. Savini plays the creep in Creep Show too. So there you go. There you go. So, you know, I know that he, he said that he'd prefer to be an actor and he'd, he'd rather be an actor. And so, you know, I think it's pretty cool that he gets to do these things because it's nice seeing him like it's nice knowing that he's doing the effects is also really good at, at being in the film as well so that's a lot of fun and then another little tidbits of trivia the, one of the things that stood out to me the most before we move on to the other parts is that the cockroaches they mm. said that they spent the most money they spent about i don't know they needed two hundred fifty thousand um cockroaches and they were like 50 cents a piece so do the Damn. math i don't know they said that, that was the most expensive the thing <laughs> I could have just went down to El Monte, got a garbage bag full of stuff, and got them it for free. So, is it a Wrangler? Like, do they get them back, or is it like, no, you pay fifty cents because they're gone after they're gone? Well, yeah, and that's what I was thinking. Cause I'm like, I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, they're real. Like, they those are real yeah. bugs, and he's stepping and squishing them and shit. And I'm like, oh my god, was this like did Peta get involved? <laughs> like, what happened? I don't think does Peta care it was about 82. roaches. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think they did, but but you know I'd be fuck. Okay, would you want to be there? Say say you were on set working for Creep Show, and uh, you were there for for that segment with the cockroaches. Would you want to be on set that day? No. Oh yeah, no. I love bugs. I would rather be with the bees in Candyman than be with the cockroaches in this movie. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh man, but yeah, people are sexually home. attracted to bees. Oh well, I mean, hey, they sting. That's a that's an orgasm in itself. Oh my god, no! Because bees she's all about that cross pollination. Mm-hmm. Mm, kinky douches. Mikey's in a mood today, ladies. And I am. I, I told you, <laughs> she's had it, y'all. She's had it. I really like bugs. Cockroaches are probably my least favorite bug, but I don't hate them. 
I think the grossest thing I've ever seen is apparently like cockroaches, their chitin, which is their skin, can be sharp and it can like slice your hand open if you like grab a roach the wrong way. But it's like a specific type of roach. But I like spiders. I like praying mantisai, everything. Well, Put I, it on me. I'm not grabbing the roaches. I'm squishing it with my damn shoe. Like, And then, of course, if you're in Florida, the palmetto bugs, they fly. So you got flying roaches around the fucking house. I can't do it. So, okay. Because now we, get we have to get flying into- roaches here, too, but they're called cholas. Go ahead. No, you can yeah. smoke the roaches here. So It's a chola on an airplane. <laughs> Doug. Douglas. But yeah, so oh, and then another one that I thought was fun was that the Rice Krispies were used as maggots in the corpse's eyes in Father's Day. So it was Rice Krispies. Wasn't that fun? Mm. Yeah. No wonder it looked yummy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun things with this, but I think most of us know a lot of the trivia with that with this one. So, oh, and then of course, apparently uh, today I learned that Tom Savini's favorite effect or thing that he made was fluffy. So we'll get into that when we get to that segment. So Doug, do you want to go ahead and start us off with the first one, which is the wraparound story? And then... Yeah, so it basically it starts off uh, with a pumpkin in the window signifying that this takes place around Halloween. And we go yeah, into... Which we all forget. Yeah, because this is a fucking Halloween movie. There you go. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, your, your typical boomer dad saying, all that crap, I don't want you reading this stupid piece of shit again. If I ever catch you with a worthless piece of shit like this again, you're going to be grounded for a week, buddy boy. Tuck in. See how many times I've seen this fucking movie. I can recite it. But uh, yeah, so he slaps the shit out of Stephen King's son, his son, in the movie. He's like, at least this comic isn't as bad as the ones you keep under your underwear. Those sex books. Yeah, dad's mm-hmm. reading porn, and uh, he's slapping the shit out of his son for reading Creep Show. Uh, so, <laughs> so basically, they go downstairs, and um, yeah, Tom Atkins is like, "That's why, that's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers." And uh, the yeah. son's just kind of really pissed. He took his fucking Creep Show comic and threw it out in the dumpster. And then we get this creep. Uh, he he's basically a skeleton. Uh, what did you say? The uh, spirit Halloween skeleton. Yeah, like it's he's so cheap looking, <laughs> and I think that's intentional, right? Like I don't know, it's just really stupid. Like he just comes up in the window and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, I see, thought it was a great effect. I thought it was great too. I mean, it's it. I guess he kind of scared me as a kid when he like peered through the window. But what I love is the transitions in this movie. Um, and like I said, you get John Harrison's score, which is probably the best horror movie score ever, and uh, it turns into a cartoon. So you get the creep kind of floating out, opening up the trash can, and it's the Creep Show comic. And then you get the credits, and the first segment leads us into Father's Day. Father's Day, yeah. yeah. And then this one, and so we have, this is the one with Ed Harris, Carrie Nye, Vivica Lindfors, um, and this one is just so odd to me. So Doug, go ahead and tell everybody. Yeah, so this is a, the, this is the bourgeois. This is what rich, you know <laughs> CEOs and rich bastards are doing in their home uh, You know, while you're working your eight hour shifts at work for these bastards. So, okay. So we're at a rich person's house and Ed Harris married into the family of the aristocrat family. And they're all sitting around smoking cigarettes. Like pass those scones there. You're such a hog. You married a hog, Henry. You know, they're talking like that. And they're talking about their uh, great aunt Bedelia, who's like the head honcho of the family uh, with some of the most inheritance. And uh, you know, they're telling the story. It's like, Oh, it's father's day. And she's going to come visit. And that's why you guys are here, um, but she's here on the dot. But she goes out to the gravesite, which is oddly in the backyard of the state that they're at. 
Um, so I guess they could have a. That's normal, though. I think a lot of wealthy families have their own burial plots. Do they? Well, they're rich. I get because you got to get city permits and paperwork and stuff. Well, I think with old houses, like there's, I even in the south, that's normal, right, Mikey? Like you'll see like these big uh, estates, and they'll have old old headstones back because they buried grandma and meema back there, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think. There's probably some sort of grandfather if if it's the property's so old and they did it before you needed a uh they had regulations I'm sure you could still do it but I yeah. do my own I'd be like bury me in the backyard don't be putting me nowhere where <laughs> strangers are yeah and and then when they go to uh you know fix up your uh your septic tank they find grandpa buried in there <laughs> <laughs> you know what the you know what this segment reminds me of with like I know they're not on an island but it's very much like Remember that movie Frogs? Yeah, All that's what reminded me of too. Frogs is yeah, another great one. I have one. the same vibes. And then like, isn't Dementia 13 about a bunch of rich people on an island also? It is, but I don't remember them being rich bastards like they are in this movie and Frogs. But Frogs, was it was a long time ago. I Frogs was like deep south racist old man. He's like in the wheelchair. like, nah, dude, you damn frogs aren't doing anything, boy. Get your ass out there. Um, <laughs> frogs is a great it's... movie. So, There's a difference between backwoods and like these as the bourgeois the bourgeoisie as Doug was saying. <laughs> which I, I loved the niece's outfit, by the way. I was like, oh that outfit is so the hog. I could wear that the hog. I could I could wear that. She's not a hog, she's skinny as a rail. Like she just I know that's the face. funniest part. I know. It's like you'd think <laughs> that the family was like part Hispanic when the when the mom was like, You hog, and she's like super skinny. It's just cause she ate a what was she eating? She was eating skulls. skulls. A scone. A scone. A scone. Um, <laughs> but also, what a great name of Bedelia. Why is that name not more popular? I love that name. Bedelia. I don't know. As soon as you hear Bedelia, I just think of like Amelia Bedelia, or I think of rich, rich old hag. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> she she's, she's in this movie. Perfect. <laughs> she's all drunk as shit with the Jim Beam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> a stretch to the heart, as I say. And she's chewing on, and she's an old lady chewing on a fucking cigar. And that cigar is like fucking moister than, oh man, I'm not even going to go into it. But <laughs> then she is. So, yeah, well, they're telling the story, right, of what she did to her father, which is the whole point of the, the name of the movie, right? Yeah, so. and uh, so so with this piece here, which is really cool because uh, you know they're telling the story of like, oh, Aunt Bedelia's here, and like, what you know, what's so special about Aunt Bedelia? It's like, well, she's the one that gave us all of our inheritance, you know, share and share alike, because uh, Bedelia's dad um, was this fucking rich, like, just think of like the worst old man possible in here, like. He looks like Bernie Sanders, actually. Um, <laughs> he does. He looks like Bernie Sanders. And, uh, <laughs> and he has his cane. And he's just like, I want my cake, Bedelia. Where is my fucking cake? And he's slamming it on the table. You know, so so she's like kind of his caretaker, Aunt Bedelia. And she can't stand this fucking shit. He's screaming. He's like yelling at her. And then um, when she finally, like, they called it like, a, a she fell into a courtship. She starts going steady with this guy who liked hunting. And well, Nathan Graham, the, the the father, didn't like that. So he made it look like an accident when he went out and shot Padelia's husband or boyfriend yeah. at the time. I can't remember if it was a boyfriend or husband. So that just sent her crazy. She's like, oh, my dad killed my my fucking husband. Uh, and, you know, he's treating me like shit and I'm his caretaker. I can't stand this shit anymore. So everyone in the house, too, I even like the maid in this movie, the the maid. She's like, she has like this wide open face. Like she has O face the whole time. She's like, oh, oh yeah, she's. <laughs> because then, but that's when you see her later like, oh! 
Yeah, yeah. Well, the maid in this is like the telenovela maid where she's always like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. I know this is a rich bourgeois aristocratic family, but that guy needs to get killed. I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. That was so funny. So, yeah, that uh, and, and this flashback, too, like it has like that cool comic book uh, kind of inserts. So like really when, when uh, the dad is like slamming his fucking cane on the on the table, it's in this like little picture window um, in the shape of like a cake frosting. Which is really cool. Like, this is the only movie I could think of where they have those insert shots inside the shots. And uh, so she gets pissed off and can't take it anymore. So she grabs an ashtray and bashes her fucking dad's head in. And he falls to the floor with a big gaping hole on his head, just seeping out blood. So she killed the dad. And, uh, you know, the inheritance went to her sister and everyone else. And they're like, and that's why we're here celebrating, because we all got our inheritance. And she killed that devil of a man. But we can't say anything, you know. He he was a prick. And then I I think the best part of that whole scene was that they're handing the ashtray to Ed Harris. She bludgeons him with the ashtray and Ed Harris is just looking at it like, what the fuck? He's like, <laughs> he's like was this the, yes, my dear, yes, that's the ashtray. <laughs> um, and, and speaking of which too this is the only time I've ever seen like a lady have the cigarette that Cruella has in the cartoon oh, uh, she, it's the, like a cigarette stick. stick yeah I love that I would so I just want to hold it I don't smoke cigarettes but how sexy is that just hanging out with well, you gotta wear the, like those long leather gloves so <laughs> so, so Aunt Bedelia comes down she pulls up in her Bugatti and she's drinking her Jim Bean and she's stumbling she's driving drunk by the way uh she's so she goes up like mr magoo like. yeah and she pulls right up and she's just like ah shoot on that fucking cigar yeah she goes up to her father's grave and she's going in there and she, she like a, a shot i really like like a lot of like i always pass it up as a kid but when i see it, i'm like this is the kind of funny thing here she's like hearing noises from the grave it's like she's reliving you know the memories of how loud her dad used to scream at her and all that and so she doesn't have flowers with her but she goes up to like this dead flower on the thing she just yanks it off the off the pottery plant and she just like <laughs> sticks it in it's like well happy father's day you fucking asshole <laughs> so she's sitting there drinking her jim bean and uh she's there for like hours and then all of a sudden she spills her jim bean um into the grave and which you know jim bean's a strong thing because it resurrects the dead apparently uh <laughs> and uh yeah lo and behold we get uh nathan grantham uh he comes back from the grave and he's all rotty he looks like a like a meaty chunky skeleton. Yeah, oh, he's behind me. Yeah, he's behind you. So yeah, that that freaked me out as a kid too. That's like the first time like a jump scare got to me because like the music's somber and she's like kind of mumbling and then the hand comes out up into mm-hmm. frame and it's like a loud like piercing like kind of the, the score goes wild and then he comes out and then he just kind of strangles her which for me I'm like uh, we could have done something a little more than just strangling, right? But no, that's the initial thing. So he comes out of the grave, but he's not just a regular zombie. He talks. He's like, I want my cake, Bedelia. He still wants his cake, which I think is hilarious. She must yeah, make so, good cake. Yeah. So that's something that, um, you know, when I saw this as a kid, you know, when I showed my brother and my sister this too, we would we would repeat lines. We're like, I want my cake. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking good. Remember, like in Creepshow 2, we would always, we still say that to this day. If we drive each other, say, thanks for the ride, lady. So, <laughs> so yeah, Creepshow had some memorable lines in there. And, then, you know, I want my cake. It's Father's Day. That's a memorable line here. So, yeah, Ed Harris goes out to Snoop. And he's like, you know, where's fucking Aunt Bedelia? I want to talk to her. And I want her to spill the cheese, man. What's going on with this family? So he goes outside. He lights a cigarette. And he sees uh, the Jim Bean bottle. 
in the grave. And he's like, well, you know, his family may be rich, but I'm not going to let Jim Bean go to waste. So I'm going to drink some of this here. And then he falls into the open grave where he finds Bedelia is dead. And she's like, why is this grave open? And then all of a sudden, zombie dad kind of comes out. And I guess he has like telepathy because he can move things. I thought he was pushing it. No, he was like far away. But then he was in front of Ed Harris. And so like, I don't know if he was pushing it and then it was about to tip and then he moved in front of it. Whatever. The whole point is, is that Ed Harris sees dad in front of him. And the thing is about to fall behind him on top of him and he does he can't get up and he can't move so yeah well let's also um, explore the word all of a sudden because it took a very long time for that thing to fall and yeah. he didn't seem like he was interested in getting away he was like mm-hmm. it was kind of like a saw trap like if i move this thing goes faster so he's like uh should i move should i not i mean if it was me i just put ampedelia over me but, yeah, yeah exactly. he, he could have got his ass up. That, that was a little bit of a waste, but whatever. So he's gone, which for all of this happening. So we only lose Bedelia so far and Ed Harris, mm-hmm. which what is his name? His name is Hank. <laughs> and, then, and then you go back and, the, and the, the gay brother and the sister are bitching and moaning and she's hungry and this, that, and the third. I think that if the family went into the, once the aunt went into the kitchen and it was dark, that would have been a sign for me. Like, why is the fucking kitchen pitch black? Yeah, well, I think the gay brother even says, like, are we conserving electricity? Yeah, he even (laughs) says that when they go in. I'm like, yeah, keep going and see what happens. Uh, Well, it's like, well, you've never been around a Hispanic family. We turn off the lights for everything. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm just sitting in the dark. And then, like, but that's the best part, I think, is when she goes into the kitchen and then the that's what made me scream when the maid falls into the door. And you just see her face in the glass. Like, we see it, but the character doesn't see it until she turns around. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you get one of the most iconic things. Like, you'll see this at conventions and stuff. I see some cool, like, cosplay where people walk around with the with the head on the tray. Yeah. So she gets scared and she sees the pots are boiling. And yeah, so he just kind of goes, I want my cake. And you just twist her fucking head around. And it's it's like a full thing. It's like her head goes all the way around. Full exorcist style. And then the brother and sister go in there and they explore. They're like, why is the light on? Are we conserving energy? We're rich. Good old daddy comes out with his cake. And it's the severed head of the sister with the icing and the candles on. And he's like, it's Father's Day. And I got my cake. And then you get the scared uh, kind of Scooby-Doo looking lens in the background with the characters in shock. And uh, it and then it's over. Father's Day is only like ten or twelve minutes long. It's great. Yeah, that that I, that one was short and sweet because then we get into the next this next one, which is the Stephen King, George as Jordy Verrill. Uh, you guys want to cover that one? Because, or... Some death of well, let's just glaze over it because that 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 segment is so long and so unnecessary. I I hate that one, and that's the one. I don't know why that's the one I remember the most as a kid. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, I like it, but I just feel like, I, and that's why I prefer Creep Show Two over Creep Show One because I feel like, like this is the one that kind of for me drags a little bit. I mean, it's not necessarily scary or gory or anything. It's Stephen King being a goof, and somehow Mikey finds him attractive. Like, I'm like, it looks like Redneck Rampage. Like, I really don't know. Okay, so so Mikey, now we have to ask you since we're in, and it was it's hilarious. We're <laughs> calling you Jordy Farrell, and you're popping in. What about Stephen King here and his overalls and his Full haircut is attractive to you. I would like to know. <laughs> I don't know. He's just, you know, he looks like he has that thingy thing, that slingy sling. You know what I'm saying? Like the blue eyes, the 
black bushy eyebrows the overalls like it's just like okay pretend that you're driving down a country road and your car breaks down and you're like oh my god what am I supposed to do here and he just walks out of the cornfields like with the monkey wrench and it's like don't you worry pretty little darling here I am like anal fissures soon coming you know what I'm saying so that's just what I was thinking (laughs) it's it's actually my fan fiction (laughs) that could be a good porno it's like getting fucked by Lenny from of mice and men oh my god God. (laughs) (laughs) that's what you reminded me of like I was expecting Stephen King to go yeah okay well see the thing is Lenny has disabilities Stephen King just plays a bumbling idiot I don't know. I can't describe. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just, I can't describe. I just thought, you know, there was something charming about him. I actually, when I first saw it a couple of years ago, I was, I kept thinking, I was like, is that Stephen King? No, that's not Stephen King. Is that Stephen King? Because he actually did like a good job playing that idiot. Like, and you don't really think of Stephen King as an actor. Like he always has like little cameos here and there, but you know, it, well, it is what it is. It kind of, it kind of, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say you just sparked some synapses in my brain because I just realized I'm like, if you think Maximum Overdrive is crazy, you know, Stephen King's like, oh, Crocane directed that movie. Just imagine, I imagine Stephen King looking or and acting the way he was in Jordy Verrill was how he was directing Maximum Overdrive. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, do it. Oh, yeah. you lunkhead, that's not gonna work. You know, I could just imagine that. So. That's funny. It's probably true. Well, he had, he had a lot of issues with substance abuse. So, yeah, know. Doug, way to make fun of him for it. Yeah, well, he's better I, now. He's in like a spooky house. <laughs> he's fine now. I mean, he seems fine. He survived this long and he's still doing interviews. So he's fine. Uh, he's still writing. Yeah, I'm books. sure he's fine. He, you know, yeah. He's off. But this off. one is, <laughs> this one is the longest one. I don't think it's terrible. I actually don't think any of them are terrible, but I just, you know, it is long. I thought the effects when it were really great. Like, you know, the, the boils he's getting that turn into whatever it is but it is yeah. it's a little unnecessarily long they could have cut it and it would have been better yeah i just it, you can see this overtaking him and and then at the end it is it's and it's very dark like it's supposed to be he's a bumbling idiot it's 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 supposed to be funny and kooky and then at the end he shoots himself and then it's like yeah. i'm like okay and then the only thing that was kind of creepy about it was that when it pans out and shows you that this whatever's growing out of the meteor is taking over the world at this point so yeah the like meteor a, was yeah. it was like weeds so he was like growing weeds yeah. in his veins and stuff um i mean i i guess i i think it could have been even more disturbing if you seen like like the weeds growing in to his fingers because it just looks like peat moss all over him you know what i yeah, mean yeah it just looked like he could just take it off like what's the problem so i just i think it was the weakest one it was the most boring one every time it would like flash pan to him imagining taking it to the college or talking to his dad i'm just like my eyes are glazing over i'm like when will this end it just wasn't my favorite because the other ones have so much more going on mm-hmm. and i think it's really hard when you have a segment like this where it's just one character essentially one character there's one other character you see but the dog. It, it's Bingo O'Malley as Jordy's father and the doctor at the same time. So like he's playing, it's the same person playing the same two other characters, I suppose. Right. And it's just, eh. yeah, I, this one kind yeah. of reminded me of a, uh, not, not in, t- in sense of like tone, but uh, evil dead too. Like the first 40 minutes is just Ash in the cabin by himself going crazy, just getting fucked then, up. Yeah, and I hate that part because it's like it just goes on and on. Like, okay, couple minutes, fine. 
but why are we here so long? When is the end? Why do we have to sit with a person? It just, it's. Oh, like, I'm not complaining about Evil Dead 2. Right? I know you're not complaining about Evil Dead 2, but I complain about that part, which is why that one is not my favorite. But Does this one come off to y'all as like a vanity project? Yeah. Like it maybe. is the longest because it is Stephen King. This one, I don't, this one feels like they had to, they're like, oh, you know what? We should make this two hours. So we just need to think of something real quick. Cause, and that would explain yeah. Stephen King as one person. Like, so. We don't have any more actors. So <laughs> yeah. I guess. So I don't know if you could see like for you video viewers, but yeah, Stephen King's on this side right here. So yeah. like I said, it's not, it's not gore. Like this segment isn't gory. It's not, I mean, I guess the one thing I always wanted to try it. I did try it one time actually was the way he mixes orange juice and, uh, vodka oh. he just pours it in there and just <laughs> he put it in the pitcher and he's he's mixing it up with the bottle like oh i've been there <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just if no so we need to move on from that one so it, you know if, if, if you've not seen creep show and this when you see this don't don't judge the rest of the film on that one alone i'm kind of glad it came at the beginning because if i had ended on that shit i would turn it off so that mm. was that um sorry i'm sorry stephen king i'm, I'm so sorry anyways yeah, fan of the show, Stephen King, we apologize. I know, I know. I still love you. So anyways, the next one, something to tide you over, Doug. Um, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. So if you want to start us off with that. Yeah, so something to tide you over. This one, I, I think this one's the most mature out of out of the five stories here, to be honest. And this is like a telenovela, if you think about it. But anyway, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's it a, it's like a it's a love triangle, really. That's what it is. So and you it know. is the most. I agree with you. It is the most mature. I totally agree about that. Yeah, because as a kid, I'm just like you know, there's a lot of talking. And when I was a kid, this was my least favorite one, and it was because of the you know I didn't really understand what was going on with through the dialogue and stuff. But uh, yeah, so. You get uh, Leslie Nielsen, and then um, I guess his worker. Basically, they they were cheating. And so he gets the, the girlfriend of the guy and puts her in the sand because he's another rich guy. So you notice the theme with this here, besides Stephen King one, they're all rich bastards. Those people evil with rich money. men. Yeah, e- evil yeah. rich people with nothing better to do but, you know, be uh, nefarious. But yeah, so so he, he buries the wife out in the sand uh, neck deep. So there's a little thing, fun thing for you. And uh, the tide's coming in. So he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to bury them. Uh, neck deep and they're going to drown in the water and this is my own private island so I can do what the fuck I want and uh, then he makes uh, Ted Ted Danson it is right like I'm starting to draw blanks yeah yeah he takes Ted, yeah, Danson, Ted out. Danson and he's like hey there she is she's on the TV look she's she's drowning right now the, the tide's coming in we better go save her and uh, Leslie Nielsen's scary in this like you oh, know he's so he, scary yeah. he's 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 an asshole and i'm just like man you know that that's a good actor because he can be you know an evil dick and he's not even funny in this at all no. no but uh yeah so he ends up taking uh ted dancing out to the beach and he's like all right here's uh he's like where, where is she where is she he's like well you'll see her and he has like a tv in his car and he basically tells him to dig his own grave so they go to the beach they dig downwards not sideways uh but down and they go neck deep into the into the sand and the tide's coming in, and he puts the TV right next to her so they could watch each other drown, which is fucking, that, that's some Jigsaw-style stuff. I think it's funny that you said that this was the one you were kind of were bored with as a kid, but I feel like as adults, it's probably the most effective one because we know how fucked up it is, and we know, like, claustrophobia, and we know, mm-hmm. like, that drowning is not an easy way to go out, and we, I don't know, it's just... To me, I can definitely see kids not really caring about this one, like, oh, whatever. But like as adults, when we have experience, we're like, that one's actually really fucked up. 
Yeah, yeah, you're being held at gunpoint, no one around you, no one to hear you scream, and you're like the tight, like you're tight. That's terrifying, actually. Yeah, that's that's horrifying. I I didn't pick that up as a kid. And and yeah. he even says, remember, he tells him, he's like, no, he's like, I'm not, you're not burying me. I'd rather you shoot me, and I would rather be shot. Like if you're gonna kill me, just shoot yeah. me. Like I don't want to die like that. Like I I couldn't, and it just bothered me. I was getting so I was getting at that. In fact, when I was watching it yesterday, and I don't like, I remember being bored by this one and I never really paid attention to it. Watching it yesterday was bothering me so badly. I had to go on the Wikipedia page and find out what happens because I'm like, I'm fucking freaking out. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and I hate seeing Leslie Nielsen like that, you know? And so I think, I mean, that just shows you what a great actor he is and how cute. Oh, yeah. Okay, if we're going to talk about hot, Ted Danson is hot in this one. Yeah, if you like oh, like nineteen eighties hairy chest, uh, rich rich guy look. So. I like a yeah, hairy chest. <laughs> but he has no muscle bound. That's the thing. It's like it's like those skinny guys that you know are just hairy. It's like yeah, I'm I I'm doing cocaine. I have a white car. The male physique, <laughs> the ideal male physique back then was not to be bulked up. It was no. very like you know just average kind of fit guy. Well, very eighties, but yeah, they probably were doing a lot of coke. Doug, who yeah. are you to judge? I have yeah, not judged. Did this take place in Miami, by the way? They never said it. Florida. Uh... No, I think that that well, you know, I don't know where they filmed that segment, but it looks more like California, in my opinion. Maybe like Fort your, Slaughterdale or something. Your your side of the the country, not mine. So obviously, it was in the Texas Gulf, because <laughs> only we have wackadoodles like that in Texas. If it was in Florida, he would have gotten eaten by an alligator before he got drowned. I don't know if you've if you've ever been to Florida, Doug, but when you guys ever come, I'll take you to our beaches, and we have nice beaches on one side of the state, and then we have trash on the other. So uh, I'm excited like... for both of them. Yeah, I, no, I'm definitely gonna come in uh, <laughs> yeah April. But we went to Key West. I mean, does that count as Florida? Yeah, well, that's more Cuba. I felt Florida. So. It's Florida, but it's not Florida. Like no, Key West well, that was the best fucking country, Cuban coffee yeah. I've ever had. I'd go there just for the coffee. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> we're not talking about coffee. We're yeah, talking about Leslie but, Nielsen's anyways, man so perfume. What, continuing on with the story, I know we're getting sidetracked. So uh, yeah, Leslie Nielsen goes back. Um, he's like, "Well, a job well done." And uh, the the scary thing is the water. If you know how sand works, sand like gets deeper and it it kind of caves in like a cement. So yeah. that's fucking terrifying. So they'll I, either you drown or your insides get crushed. You know your lungs and everything, which is fucking terrifying. I mean, I understand they filmed it, but I'd be afraid to do stunts like that for the movie because I'm like, you know, so many things can go wrong. They're actually digging on a beach there. You know what I mean? And uh, so yeah, Leslie Nielsen goes home. And uh, he's watching his monitors where he has them both kind of, what the, f Leslie Nielsen's texting me right now from beyond the grave. <laughs> and he can hold his breath for a long time. But uh, yeah, so he goes home and he realizes like, yeah, there we go. They're dead. They're drowned. Yeah. And uh, so he goes to check on them and he realizes, he's like, yep, the tide pulled them in. They're dead. They're drowned. Uh, nothing to worry about. I can go back home. And then, uh, which, which I imagine smells like an old person's house because he wears like this perfume. He's going to take a shower and he's like, blub, 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 blub. And, uh, you know, and, and the, here's another point I picked up because I have that this Blu-ray and I used to watch this on DVD a lot, even on VHS. But when I got this Blu-ray, um, I never noticed something in the back, which is even creepier. When Leslie Nielsen opens up one of his cabinets, he has a bunch of VHS tapes with different dates and different names. Oh, I didn't see the, the, the writing on that. I the never noticed tapes. that. Until I saw like, because this is like a 4K, uh, yeah, 4K scan of the original negative. 
And uh, yeah, he's got, so he must be a, ki- a serial killer then. Yeah, he is a killer. And that's the thing. It's like, he's got all this money, but his, his, he gets off on, on watching these people die. Right. And then he saves the tape. He saves the tapes and dates. And then them, I yeah. thought was so bad was that he was bitching. Cause he's like, oh, my maid's always moving my stuff. Cause he was looking for a tape and he was bitching about the maid. So he doesn't even like hide it really. He's just a crazy person. You know, VCRs <laughs> were very expensive at the time. They're probably like, well, I don't know how to work. This is real to real. So yeah. yeah so he goes to take a shower and then, uh, I think this segment has the best music too. It's got really good uh, tempo, and uh, if if you know if you've heard it, you know what I'm talking about. So so the tension in this just builds because you realize they came out of their grave and they're walking around the house, and they're all kind of um, ocean based. Like they have seaweed all over them. Their faces all kind of like looks like fish got to them. Mm-hmm. They don't have eyes. Their eye sockets are they're, empty. They're so gross. Like they're nasty looking. Like yeah, and they have this it. effect too. Like 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 kind of like Father's Day, the same voice where it's like. Like it's like kind of like water in the throat, um, yeah. which always freaked that freaked me out as a kid. Like the voices in this, and then when they're getting shot in the head, that's such a good effect. Yeah, they're getting shot in the head, and it's like it pours out black blood. Pours out, and then it's still. I mean, obviously they had to do that shot separately, but then like when they're still walking forward and it's still going, like it's still oozing, which I thought was so fun. Like, yeah, cool it's great, and they're they're wet the whole time, and like they're messing up that carpet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the person like stop take your shoes off this is a franchy carpet so i know you hear them squishing around and shit which i thought was so good that was scary and i'm glad i'm glad this happened like yeah so this is one where you actually root for the for the monsters you're like okay well you're just getting revenge on this serial killer basically um yeah so they end up scaring him so the thing is they don't kill him actually they just kind of i think they're ghosts I, like that's what i always said i thought they were ghosts and they got to his conscience and he let himself out to the water because at the end of the segment um you know he's shooting them and he shuts the door and they appear right behind him so they're ghosts they're not zombies or anything in this and uh, he gets so freaked out and then the last shot is he's like i can hold my breath for a long time and leslie nielsen's in the sand uh you know neck deep and the water is coming in to show that he's gonna you know drown so i think that they never existed i think that was just him being so guilt-ridden that he went to go bury himself in the sand i don't know that's that's what i thought i mean who knows because he you could tell that he was jumpy and it's interesting that you say that i don't know why we're dissecting this one so much but it's interesting you say that because even when he's going to the beach to look for ted danson and everybody like he's oh he's talking to himself oh well the water must have taken him away but you tell he's getting nervous like he acts so pompous and so self-assured for so much of the film but there are times where you see him breaking and so that makes a lot of sense. Like I could totally, I could totally see that. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that one. Um, yeah, definitely. I think this one's the most adult of the stories. Um, yeah. Because the next segment I love, even as a kid, I loved it. Um, <laughs> and it's the longest one. Too. I think, the, yeah, the, the crate is 40 minutes. So after that one ends, we go into fluffy territory, which is the crate. And uh, to be honest, I know I said like creep didn't scare me, but this one scared me. Like, cause in our old house in Ohio, we had, even at our school too, we had stairways where the, the stairway was locked off that you can go under. Mm-hmm. And after we saw creep we were, we thought the crate was underneath the stairwell. So we were always oh, yeah. afraid to go underneath the stairs here. Of course, nowadays it's just the cupboard under the stairs and that's where Harry Potter sleeps. So it's totally <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I much prefer Fluffy to be honest. I'm like Harry oh. Potter. Yeah. Well, well so this one with Adrian Barbeau. Oh my God, what a fucking bitch she is in this. Movie. Oh yeah, Adrian Barbeau. Love her. 
She's, she's the so biggest much. Karen before Karen was a thing. <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Just tell it to call you Billy. Ah, you big baby. You can't do anything without me. Shit for brains. Barnyard for pig brain. friends. Henry, I told the guy in the monkey suit to bring the car around. And like, everybody's getting so pissed off. And you know what? There was one part, and I don't know if this is on your on your Blu-ray, Doug, but I was watching it on Prime yesterday. You, She was clearly, when she was talking shit to those other women, she was called some other woman a cunt. And the other two women women are like, oh, I can't do this. And they walk away. Well, you can hear like the cheese my old ladies going like, he brought his wife again. Like, Like, why do we keep inviting her? (laughs) Like, "Eh, just call me Billy. Everyone does. Just call me Billy. I know. And then, you know, she's coming. Right. And it's like, oh, my God. But I just loved her so much. Here's (laughs) the dynamic. Even when I was younger, I always thought like, why would he be married to her like was she like this before you guys got married like what the fuck but that's yeah and that's my issue i think he's a little fucked up because that whole thing's he concocts later but anyways um there was one thing oh what i wanted to finish about that other story about the cunt is that it gets dubbed on the prime version so you can clearly see her face or her lips saying cunt, but they replace it with like fat woman or something like it's completely dubbed over. I'm like, why can't she say cunt? Like, what's the problem? Well, cunt was a strong <laughs> word back then. I, um, so. I mean, lost, and I... <laughs> it's lost its luster recently, but because we say cunt all the time now. <laughs> I say cunt all the time. Yeah, no, I, oh my God, people hate it, but whatever. I don't give a shit. I have one. I should be able to say it. So anyway. Well, I'm thinking, Aid, like if we ever get to do like a, like a, if we ever go for like Horror Nights or like you do like a dress up thing, like a slasher's like costume thing, you should go as, as, as uh, oh, Billy, you know, <laughs> as oh, Billy. Uh, Adriana Just call me Billy. Well, and that's the thing is like, I basically like, you know, because if you give me too much drink, I'm just yelling all the time anyway. So I'm like, oh my God, is that my future? And like, Dan's gonna, like Dan's just imagining shooting me in the head. <laughs> oh, I think that's the funniest thing. And she has like pearl necklaces that are like, you know, it looks like she's gonna have neck problems in the future with those pearl necklaces. Oh my God. And then she, when she gets home and she's drinking milk and then she's like reading the note and she's drinking <laughs> milk and then she's pouring the whiskey and the milk. I go, what the fuck is going on? She's like the typical cheese man neighbor. She's like, she's like, yes, indeed, Henry. Yes, indeed. Oh, no. So basically, this one starts off. It's at a university. But yeah, Hell Holbrook is married to Adriana Barbo. And Adriana Barbo, she doesn't look like she looks in like Escape from New York. If you remember like how she looked in that like busty and hot. This one, she looks like Marge Simpson's sisters. So yeah, she's got that perm. And I obviously she's deliberately made to not look. I mean, I think she still looks pretty. She and that's how good of an actress she is because not just the outfit, but the way her voice is because she doesn't sound like that for real. Like, <laughs> well, there, like if you watch this one, uh, there's so many. Like that's what I love about this because the crate is long, but you can watch it over and over. And just for Adriana Barbo's performance, like there's shots in here that she, where she doesn't say anything, but her facial expression, like when she's driving to the university, and then she's like laughing, and then all of a sudden the car like flashes her lights behind her, and she's just like. Mm-hmm. Just make those remarks here. I don't know. What did you think, Mikey? Did you like Adriana Barbo in the crate as her Karen Feingold self? Um, I don't know who Adriana Barbo is, but Adrian Barbo did a really good job. Um, yeah. talk but... about aid. <laughs> I know she spells it the same way. Oh, so fun story. I don't mean to cut you off, but like when I met um Jason Patrick, um Dan was like, We'll spell your name for him. And Jason Patrick starts spelling. He's like, Let me guess, A D R I E N N E. I go, see, he can spell Adrian. 
Yes. I'm thinking of Adrian Barbeau. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Um, no, it was really good. <laughs> it, it's the longest one, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like 40 minutes. It's basically a movie in itself, but it's good. I really like that she makes an appearance in one of the creep show episodes in season one. Actually, I think she's in the first episode. So I thought that was kind of cool because she's in the first creep show. She's in episode one. Of Is creep she show. playing the same character? No, no? she plays oh. a, funny enough, she plays a radio DJ like she does in The Fog. Um, yeah. and she's her, still married to John Carpenter at this point, right? In 1982, so they're still married. And yeah, in Creep Show, yeah, but not in. I thought you were talking no, about, and I was like, no, no, not the new Creep Show, the, the <laughs> 82 Creep Show. <laughs> I don't know. Do y'all guys like this one better, or do you like? Well, I wish you were here because I love her character. Like she's such a bitch, but I love her so much. Like she's oh, the best. No. She's better than Fluffy, in my opinion. Yeah, I, was just, I forget the monster. I'm like, I'm like, let's she's... skip the monster. Let's get right back to her. <laughs> she's the real monster. <laughs> she really is. But and then it, like. But my thing is, it's like, okay, who's a real monster? Because her husband, the entire time, like, just divorce her. Yeah, she's a cunt. Well, get rid of her. Why are you? And clearly, it's not sex that's keeping him, because she's like, you haven't got it up in years. Oh, my God. The, the things that she says. Like, oh, oh, out in public, God. too. <laughs> in front of people, two people. Oh, my God. I just can't. But she's always so drunk. I love it. Well, that's why I love it. Like it's it's perfect cheese, man. Like she's like, oh God, Henry, what now? And uh, so in, in his mind, like he imagines just you know blowing a hole in her head, and people just kind of look at him. And they're like, they all start clapping, and they're like, <laughs> what a shot, perfect headshot. Well, so everyone hates fucking Wilma. Yeah, Wilma. Wilma. I'm like, oh God, call me Billy. Yeah, and then you get Fritz Weaver, like the, like I said, the guy I always thought was in Reanimator. I still think that's the guy for Reanimator. Well, he's kind of playing a weird kind of, well, no, I guess it's not really creepy, but he's like hitting on his students. He's like, hey, meet me after the thing. We'll, we'll go have some fun later. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what how whole, but that's why I think they're both kind of creeps. Like, they're both creeps. Like, what the fuck was that whole story he concocted just to get her to go out there? Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, that's another, that, this story's dark. Like when it's you're so when you're dark. older, you're like, what the fuck? That's domestic like, abuse. Who like, the hell had time to write all that shit? That's what. I'm... <laughs> she's like, she's like, I need to go to the university because my friend, uh, he beat this girl. Now she's so scared. He broke her arm, and she's hiding under a uh, under the sterile, and she won't come out. It's funny, Billy, but she it's won't so come out. Funny. And she's like, she's like, no, no, Henry, this is good cheese, man. This is a good cheese, man. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> So that's she's like, she goes and she's driving in the car with the with the milk. Yeah, she's driving the car with the milk. And she's like drunk too. It's like, was she drunk with the milk? Because she like yeah, stumbles she... around. She's like, what are you doing creeping around down there? Yeah, then she brings the milk and so like she wouldn't even put her drink down because she just pours milk. Like, I don't know why people drink milk. It's disgusting, but she just pours the milk and then she's pouring the booze in there as Ew. she's drinking the milk. And then she's driving the car to the university drunk walk around with the fucking milk i'm like i can't like what whoever like this is the best day of my life i love this <laughs> yeah so like i said you get it's fun there and then um basically what happens is the janitor discovers um he drops his quarter he's like i was that was my last quarter for the coke machine so he drops it underneath the um the stairwell of the university and he comes across a, a box it's like chained up underneath the stairs that have been there for years. And it's um uh, the carpenter, John, it's like a carpenter Arctic expedition. So right when the thing came out, which is weird, you know, maybe maybe they knew they were filming stuff side by side. 
But uh, yeah, so they end up pulling the crate out. The professor who's friends with Henry comes down. They take the crate out. They're like hammering it, which I always thought was weird because Fluffy looks big. I'm like, how the fuck is he going to fit in this box? So they go to open it. And then the janitor sticks his hand in there and you realize it's like Fluffy's this monkey. It looks kind of like a Bigfoot monkey with sharp razor teeth. Mm -hmm. You guys are looking at the video. He's right there. Yeah. You know, but, it, uh, if you ever watch Creep, which I think Creep kind of pulls, like the mask looks like Fluffy yeah. from Creep. So, and that's why I was like, what is, where did I see that from? And I saw it from Creep Show. So. Yeah, it's, it's like a weird mix of like a Wendigo kind of Bigfoot. Yeah, like a wolf. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it is. Anyway. It but, is a um, janitor. <laughs> but it's tense. And I will say, like, the, the editing and just the directing of this scene, like, where they're um, the janitor and the professor, like, hammering it down, like, the music and just it's a really tense moment. I remember as a kid, like, it, it kind of freaked me out. And even now, it's like when the, you know, listening to the speakers and stuff, uh, like, surround and everything, it sounds really good and it's tense. Even though I've seen this a million fucking times, you know, just watching it, it's like tense. And you realize he sticks his hand in there and then um, Fluffy kind of comes out and he sucks the janitor's ass all the way up into the the uh, the crate. <laughs> and, you know, blood just fly. This is probably the goriest segment, too, because there's just blood flying all over the electrical panels and the school and stuff. And so this one's definitely really bloody. Well, yeah, it's bloody. And I think I think you're right, especially with the pacing and everything, especially when the student, when Charlie goes down with the professor mm -hmm. and he's and the professor's freaking out. He runs into his students, students talking shit to him, goes down. But the students are doing the right thing. They're trying to figure out what it is, right? And so when he goes under the stairs and he tries to get the shoe, I keep thinking, oh my God, it's going to get him when he gets the shoe. And he like kicked the shoe out really fast. I'm like, oh my God. And it's quiet <laughs> too. There's no music on this part either, which is tense. Because you saw yeah. what happened. It's like, man, this guy's going to get ripped to pieces. I mean, and he does eventually, but it, he, he does at the unexpected moment. And I think that that's what's so effective about this segment in particular is that Fluffy comes when Fluffy wants to come. You don't know when it's going to come. And the music, you know, because you're typically in movies when you feel the music building up, like, you know, okay, something's going to pop out. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. So I, you know, I thought that was such a great moment. So kudos. Yes, I do like that this segment's the longest, but I think that if we were going to have this 40 minutes that we could have done without. Yeah. And like I said, it, it builds up too, because you really want to see what happens. So basically, you know, Henry goes down and he's like, Oh, I got to go see what's going on. But he realizes, like, I've been fantasizing about killing my fucking wife for the longest time. Maybe this is my way out. So, yeah, uh, yeah he writes that big cheese me letter to Wilma and saying, like, hey, come down to the university. There's some weird stuff down here um, with the professor beating a co-ed. Uh, that's what the letter said. You know, I'm like, fuck. I mean, if I was this to her, I would call the police. Like, you just beat up a girl. Now she's hiding on the stairs. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like what am I supposed to do? <laughs> oh yeah and then she goes down like instead of saying like what what's going on she's like is she still down there is she a mess yeah Ooh. like i'm just like man this lady this lady like probably promoted jerry springer before it was a big thing oh, but yeah, uh, she got excited and that, that was to her detriment yeah so henry kind of feeds her to the crate monster down there and that's when she goes in and she's like you'll be wearing your balls for earrings and i swear to god and i swear to god this your piggy friends i'm like, just she lets it all out Oh, she doesn't. She just fucking lets him have it with her milk in her hand. With her, yeah. She had her, while she's getting her face ripped off. She still has her fucking milk in her hand. So, oh, yeah. so good. And then the professor basically seals up Fluffy back into the crate and dumps him into a ravine, and that's the end of that episode. And then the last one. This is actually my favorite one. It's my favorite too. The cockroach one. The cockroach one. Yeah, this one's short, sweet, and to the point. And you get the fucking Upson Pratt. He, if you don't know who he is, he's the uh, grandpa in Christmas Vacation, 
the one that's like, I need to eat. I need to get my pills. What are you doing? <laughs> this was an ugly tree anyway. So Yeah, he's a lot of things, but he's so good. Like, I, and literally, this is my favorite one. Like, it, the, 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 just the way he's talking on the phone to everybody's talking to. So fucking good. The writing in this, this segment is amazing. I don't even like, I, oh, anyway, sorry. And this ahead. is one too, where it's just like, kind of like a one man show. It is, but see the difference between this one versus the Stephen King one. Like this one is so much more entertaining than the other one. And I just, I don't know what it is. I'm a, it's, I think, I mean, you must be right. They must have just thrown the other one in there at the last minute. Yeah. Well, what, what about you, Mikey? Did you like uh, uh, They're Creeping Up on You? Kind of. It's not the most memorable one for me, but what I did like was, and I keep talking about it, but I didn't realize, and it's which is weird because I thought I saw this pretty recently, but maybe I started watching it and I didn't finish it. But this is also very parallel to another creep show episode <laughs> about roaches. So it's like, and I think that one might have had Barbara Crampton. I don't remember. It's funny that there's a lot of pulling from the movie to the shows. I thought they were just new ideas, but beats me like an egg. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ovaries and all. <laughs> Careful with them. Eggs are too expensive right now. We can't waste them. So. Well, we, there's roach eggs. You can have that. Ew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quail eggs. Ugh. But yeah, no, I honestly, this was was probably the best one. And so go ahead. We'll, we'll talk about it really quick and then we have to wrap it up. Okay. But. Yeah. This one's a long one here. But yeah. So basically what makes this one different too is that this one takes place in a high rise apartment that's all white. So this is a very sanitary episode, which very plays well sterile. with the cockroaches. Yeah. Very sterile. He even has like a um, a, a silver can. Um, basically ups and prayers. He's this big CEO and he's a germaphobe. He, he wears like the white gloves. Yeah. He fucking home. Why would you be wearing like a lab suit? And, and yeah, so he like he's a racist too, and calls people like well, every every name in the book. But he's just like, if I ran this town, my power company wouldn't go go down like this. And he's just talking to himself, and then he gets a phone call from like a crying wife of a uh, from a coworker. Oh, he went to Disneyland. He's like uh, one of his workers went to Disneyland, and he fired him it on was, the spot. Yeah, it was the it was the it wasn't the the thing. So he's pissed off because the whole thing starts at the beginning. He sees one roach, right, and he kills the roach. Then he is pissed off because the superintendent of the building is out of town. So he was like, if he doesn't call me back within the hour, he's gone. Like he's gonna he's gonna have the man fired. And so, like, that's the kind of influence he has. So so then the other guy, George, calls him and he and George is trying to tell him about work and he keeps talking about this fucking cockroach. And he keeps telling like every I think it was such a good dynamic. Every time George says something about work. The old man starts talking about, oh, the cockroach. Oh, I'm going to fire the superintendent. He's going to, of the building, he's going to get gone. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And he's just worried about the roach. Like he's listening to her. And then George finally tells him, oh, so-and-so shot himself. And that's the wife calls, right? Yeah, the wife calls him. And then you get some story there. So, all, and all these characters are like over the phone or through like a speaker system. So you never really see them. And so like he basically, one thing leads to another. He's like kind of smiling. He's like, oh, George Katzenmeyer killed himself good i'm glad and she's like how many men have you killed the ones stupid ones the ones that stick out their necks and hand me the knives and uh you know he's just he's an uncaring piece of shit asshole he's like mrs castemeyer mrs castemeyer that's my favorite part oh and he looks like bernie sanders too (laughs) (laughs) mrs castemeyer may i ask who gave you my my personal number so i can fire them and she's like i got it from my husband's rolodex you asshole he's like well (laughs) i can't fire him can i (laughs) so yeah basically it just kind of goes from there like the roaches keep popping up in his cereal roaches pop up in the blender roaches come out of the sink 
And um, then he goes into like his his airtight room. And he's like, you, "You bastards can't get me in here. I'll kill all of you. We'll creep up on you." And then he pulls the sheet from his bed, and it's a bunch of roaches come out. And then you get this cool little roach. I call it roach screen. Yeah. These cartoon roaches like cover his face, and it's like the the shock look. And then in the end of the episode, he's laying there, and all the the place is perfectly clean. And, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the roaches are all gone. They're all gone. And then you just see he's laying down in his bed and his chest starts convulsing. And then a really cool Savini effect where the roaches just bust out of his thing. Like, like they're pushed out through a vacuum and they come out of his heart and his chest, his nose, they, they start pulling out of his forehead. And it's a really oh, nasty okay, effect like, too. Right out, yeah. It's like they're coming yeah. out of a wax dummy, <laughs> you know, but it's really cool. And this one has a lot of roaches and they're all real too. And and that's the end of that segment. And then you get uh, the Savini part where um, was Savini plays a garbage man, and he just picks up the creep show cover because like, you read these things, oh these X-ray glasses, they're no good. And um, it's back to Stephen King's son, Tom Atkins, is basically saying, "I got a kink in my neck. I don't know what's going on." And the son basically bought a voodoo doll from the creep show comic. He sent it out in the mail, and he's a uh, spike in his dad's neck. Keep picking him with the print, uh, the pin voodoo yeah. style and uh yeah and that's the end of creep show and i think we went through it this is a long episode but it was a long it, it's a two-hour movie too so yeah it was i know i was gonna be a little long but i'm glad that we went through the segments so really quick before we go like which one is everyone's favorite like should we go around the room um well i i like the crate but i think my favorite one that i could watch over and over is uh the something to tide you over or uh, not uh the, the cockroach one so oh they're creeping up on you they're creeping okay. up on you mikey i don't know i think I really like the aesthetic of the first one, the mm. Father's Day one. Mm. That's probably gonna be my favorite. I like that one too. I like all of them, to be honest. Yeah, I like all of them except for, save for the Jordy Vera one. But yeah, I would say that they're creeping up on you is my favorite as well. Like, I just it's so funny. The the tied you over was good. It's just it's too uncomfortable for me. Like, it, it's and, very strong. Um, so like yeah. I said, that's the one that's like very mature. Now, if we got to Creep Show two. Um, that's the one I, I love all fucking three of those and love the cartoon creep show too is like more of like a it's not i wouldn't even say like that's a movie that gets me in the feels like when i watch it i kind of get like choked it's weird i can't explain it but that movie just gets gets me like oh, such a perfect movie taste of resistance <laughs> yeah without spending too much time on it the raft is amazing yeah the raft one is good so yeah yeah that's terrifying i'm still afraid of lakes because of that so the lakes are disgusting. I don't know why people swim in them ill, but <laughs> I live in Florida, so I don't get it in lake water. But yeah, so I guess we're coming up at the end of the episode. Yeah, that was that was a good long one, and I hope you guys all enjoyed it there. Um, and we got Mikey to, to show up uh, midway through. Yay. Just tell it to call you Billy, Mikey. So. <laughs> <laughs> call me Billy. Yeah. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. all right well i guess we'll run into the uh final words here so yeah if you guys want to support us on uh patreon this is this is a patreon pick from kevin so definitely go on to our slashers podcast patreon give us monumental uh dinero helps feed the dogs uh you know <laughs> keeps the lights on in the ojos and uh we got a slashers podcast uh red bubble as well too so you can wear dental dams thongs um dildozers whatever you want in the slashers <laughs> podcast merch here what, what's the, what's the address for the slashers pod mikey or aid you guys might know it better than me it's slasherspod.redbubble.com for all your dental dam and dildo needs yay yay <laughs> all right there you go we, we, we're trying to get tampons in too i wonder what's going on with that shipment 
trying to think what else. Oh yeah, so Trash Juice is available on Blu-ray. You can go to my Instagram at Doug Bizarro, and the link is in my bio. All the slashes here. Mikey's in there. He has a you know heartwarming performance. Aid <laughs> has a heartwarming performance as uh, Mia T. Curtains. Um, yeah, everyone's in there. So if you want to see like us like doing a movie, I think Trash Juice is like a good example. And uh, you know, I just got word too. Tubi picked it up, so it will be on Tubi. I don't. I can't give you an exact date. I don't know when. So yeah, we got that. And then if you have Roku, check out B Movie TV. We'll have new episodes. Jake is hosting uh, Friday Night Action next week. So oh, okay. yeah, so Yay. so he's going to be doing a substitute episode for me. So it'll be fun to have the return of Jake on a new episode there. So Roku, B Movie TV, check us out there. We have commercials for Slashers podcast playing. We have commercials for, and that's another thing too for you independent. Uh, if you guys have a podcast or like a movie or something. Send it our way because we could probably get it to air on uh, the the filler, like the commercial segments for B-Movie TV. So, you know, reach a little audience that way. Um, anything else you guys have? No, I think that's no. it. All right. Well, that being said, oh, we also got a cool little thing coming soon from Mikey. Mikey's working on a script. So. Oh, it's not just me, Douglas. Oh, yeah. It's Don't be coy. Uh, well, it, it's coming sooner than Bill Clinton, let me tell you. <laughs> god okay dog take us home please all right well without that being said guys goodbye and good day bye bye, bye.